things really do start with small pieces and, and small movements. It's not about today I'm going to not eat any meat or uh, today I'm not going to uh, or not even a day, right? It's not a, It's not about just the, the immediate turning on of a switch of sorts. It really is about building good habits that lead into you know, bigger ones. Welcome to the Prosperity Perspective by DML, a conversation about how successful business owners invest their hard-earned money to preserve their wealth and what they might have done differently in hindsight. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Today, we are joined by Dorian Lamb and uh, excited for him to share a little bit about his story. So, uh, Dorian, you mind introducing yourself to the audience to get us started? Hi, Liam. Uh, number one, first and foremost, thank you for having me on the Prosperity Podcast. I'm honored to be here and, and looking forward to sharing my story. To answer your question, I'm a born and raised New Yorker. Uh, I was, I've been here all my life and uh, went to NYU here uh, for school and started my career as a management consultant and ended up in the title insurance business through acquisition. I, I did some consulting for a company that was acquired by First American Title, which is at that, well, you know, it's one of the oldest, it's probably the oldest right now still. And at the time of the acquisition was the oldest and biggest. So uh, I've been in title since then. And uh, that total period was about, uh, man, now you're making me think back, uh, close to close to 20 years, right? But the first half of it was, was spent in the back office doing project management and sticking to what I was trained in, which was management consulting. And I got the opportunity to understand the front office side of it or the sales side of it about eight years ago when uh, my uh, then boss, uh, president of First American New York, broke off and started his own firm and um, had the opportunity to get under his wing and learn what what I was spending all those years building uh, and uh, how it tied to an end user and why they cared about it. So learned the, the sales side of it. That particular individual sold his company after five years. And uh, I, would, I was at that point part of uh, my second sale. And I had an opportunity to join Cornerstone Land Abstract, which is where I am now as a partner in hopes of building it. And you know maybe one day getting that to a sale as well. So that has been about four. No, we're on five years now uh, where I've been a partner here at Cornerstone and an owner. And um, I'll leave the rest to the remainder of this discussion because I know you're going to touch on it. <laughs> so you hear a lot about management consultants who end up going client side. Did you, you know, when you went into management consulting, did you know you'd be in real estate or title or anything like that? Or was that just fortuitous, one of your first assignments and kind of led you down this path? Oh, I mean, completely unplanned, right? Uh, I first went into management consultant simply because I was into technology at that time. And you know, look, I'm dating myself here, but you know, this is 20 plus years ago when we were high schoolers trying to figure out what we were going to do. And I knew computers was going to be a big part of life. It had already become impactful through the final years of school. And the natural progression would be that all the companies and businesses would be using it. So how do we teach companies how to use it or how do we implement or how do we help them change their environments to include technology at that point in time was PCs. So I did uh, management consulting and, you know, that, that had its own 
process in itself. It was very organized. I worked for one of the big three at that point in time. And uh, during their training process, they figure out where you kind of fit and you do a rotation of sorts in terms of industry. And I ended up in entertainment and media, which is completely unrelated to real estate and where I ended up. But through that journey, um, ended up in real estate. So diving in, the question we like to ask, right, is once you reach that point of profitability, you've got an extra cash flow coming in, you don't have to worry about food on the table, roof over the head. What did you start to invest in, right? And obviously you went on this journey where, you know, working for one of the big, biggest through acquisition, working through another acquisition, right? Now uh, you're positioning probably for an exit at some point uh, with the company as well, right? Uh, what did you kind of go after first and what was your strategic framework, right? Coming from a management consulting background of, hey, where do I put the money and, uh, you know, what goal was that leading you towards? Yeah, this may be a surprise, but at the same time, I, I don't think it is because I'm going to guess that most of your speakers, listeners are or have done a variety of this. Now, you know, when when I was part of that second sale, what I realized is and once I had the opportunity to become a partner and an owner at my current shop, which is Cornerstone Land Abstract, the, the pressure was really on in terms of, you know, look, now, now I'm an owner. Now I have you know, 25 employees under me. So there's a different type of pressure that was really on me at that point in time. And what I really focused on to get to the point was how do I become a better performer? How do I become a better individual? How do I do all the things that I've always envisioned an owner to be? And that really led me down a path of how do I take better care of myself? It had me take a look at not just my industry, not just real estate, but just performers in general, and what was the common line between them all. And the common line for all top performers is that they have help. They have coaches, they have a system for, or a advisor for, you know, pretty much every piece of what they do. So in the case of performance, you know, who are my mindset coaches? And these are terminologies that are kind of flowing out of me now. But when I first kind of embarked on looking at and discovering this, these terminologies were completely foreign to me. But how do I actually, what are the fundamentals of performing? You know, things like sleep, are you measuring your sleep? Are you doing what you need to do from that perspective? Things like getting a mindset coach and doing what you need to do on that end. And you now how are you impacting that? And then also business coaches, sales coaches, you know, what are the other type of helpful elements that impact your, your daily basis um, that you can fold into your everyday process? So it really became investing in yourself. What could I learn? What could I bring in? What could I support? What, who can come in and help make me better at what I'm doing uh, so that I can do better overall? Which one of those did you start with, right? And how did you discover that, you know, hey, this was something that I needed and a path I wanted to go down? Yeah, well, you know, it really started from the core, which is that, you know, one of the things I did not mention in my kind of history or background was that I did play baseball. I was an athlete during my younger years. And, uh, you know, I had a quick kind of flash in the pan as far as doing mixed martial arts as well, helping guys kind of get ready for their fights, not not myself fighting, but, you know, being part of training camps. And it was something I, I had lost sight of. But performance was the natural inclination because I had an existing network around guys that I can hit up and say, you know, what, what, what are you doing best at our age to 
help continue, you know, your productivity, your performance. Um, so, you know, ironically enough, it's, it's, it's things that are so obvious that you just completely neglect, neglect them, but you know, how much sleep are you getting to go back to that? What are you reading? You know, what's, what's your routine from the perspective of it being not so much fit, but being functional, feeling good about movement, being confident about, you know, anything that you have to do. Um, so it really started with that and that led into mindset coaching because, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, going on in the performance world in terms of just even having the right paradigm, thinking positively about things, aligning yourself with positive energy, understanding that at the end of the day, it, it's, it's all energy that we're all connected to. And you have to be intentional about being part of a positive uh, energy and getting rid of anything that's, that's toxic or taking um, your time away in a negative way. When you talk about performance, um, I'm assuming that you're talking about health, wellness, kind of overall uh, body performance for best mental output, so to speak. So you're on your game at any point in time, both physically and mentally. Is that accurate? Yeah, but they are one and the same because, you know, the more energy you have and the more focused you are in general, it trickles down. And I shouldn't say trickle down because it makes like, sounds like work is secondary, but you know, it, it trickles down from the perspective of that the time that you put into it, the, the, the level of focus and concentration you get, you end up applying to work and you end up finding that you get things done quicker and that your energy is better. So, you know, Tim Ferriss famously wrote the four hour work week. And it's true because once you use that focus and energy to condense your day, you get more done. And when you realize when you perform better, just even in terms of scheduling, Right. So when are you a peak performer in the morning or, you know, in the afternoon and everybody's different, but it's recognizing that and kind of compacting all the things that you need to get done during that time that you're most productive. And you'll be amazed that, you know, once you get at, get that out of the way. And I mean, when I get out of the way, not so much as in the nuance, but, you know, get out of the way in terms of the things that really help you move the needle that, you know, the rest of your day is, you know, you have a, a type of freedom that you never realized you had before. So it all it all kind of trickles down. And even some of the work that we do in business development, you know, that takes energy, right? You know, if you're doing that second half of the day, you got to be, you know, a frame of mind to to be able to do that. And you know, you you being on the hard money lending side, Liam, you, you would know this as well, that you know, we're we're in the business of of you know meeting people. And you have to be intentional and mindful when you meet people, right? You, you and I have been through this where whether it be a networking event or not, in the course of a day, you could have 20 plus conversations, right? You got to be of the my mental capacity to be intentful with every single one of those conversations and, and listen, right? And take notes and so on and so forth. So there's a level of fitness that's involved with that. So it all, it all trickled down. It did start with that though. What does your routine look like today? So probably had some time to optimize and get to, you know, what you think is ideal for you. What, what does that look like? Yeah. So up, so up every day at five, right. Um, I'm in the gym at five 30. Uh, I'm back showered up seven 15. This can change because obviously with young kids that can throw a wrench into everything in terms of, you know, where they are in school, but we're going to talk about right now because it's summer. Now I'm putting in the meditation between seven 15 and seven 30. And then we're hitting the, uh, we're hitting email and seeing where, or my calendar, I start my day with my calendar and seeing what uh, is ahead of me the day, the three days and the week making sure that I got my ducks in a row with that. Then it's uh, into the office, banging out everything that needs to be done. 
um, including things like this, which is, you know, having good conversations with the likes of you, making sure that, you know, the company is running in the fashion that it needs to run, making sure that my appointments are being made and that I'm, you know, doing the things that I've deemed that are impactful for me. So, you know, for example, with connecting people. So am I connecting people? Am I trying to make sure, you know, move some action out there uh, from a real estate perspective that can end up leading to business for me? So, you know, we're in the business of meeting people and we're in the business of finding deals. And that's, you know, what my day looks like. Um, the second half of my day is, is, is typically, especially now during the summer, dedicated you know, to my wife and kids. So get home as early as I can and make sure there's some FaceTime before we have to wrangle them for sleep. So it sounds like three main elements uh, that you've talked about, right? Sleep, some sort of fitness, working out, and mindfulness. If you were to pick one of those as a starting point from doing nothing to start doing something, what would that uh, you know one piece that you would uh, leave for others be? So you mean that from the perspective of what advice would I give somebody in terms of picking one of those? Yeah. So say I'm an overworked entrepreneur who's working, you know, 80 to 120 hours a week and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm short on sleep. I'm not working out. Uh, I don't have a mindfulness practice. Uh, which one should I start with? Yeah. <laughs> so again, that, that's a loaded one, right? The way you described it, right? I mean, the, the 80 to 120 hours a week is probably where I would start. But either way, I'm going to assume that the person has realized that they need to find some time to do something. James Clear wrote a book on uh, you know, atomic habits and, and things really do start with small pieces and, and small movements. It's not about today I'm going to not eat any meat or uh, today I'm not going to, uh, or not even a day, right? It's not, a, it's not about just the, the immediate turning on of a switch of sorts. It really is about building good habits that lead into you know, bigger ones. And it could be as simple as just waking up at an earlier time and getting something done that grounds you, whether it's, you know, meditation, whether it's, um, you know, jumping jacks, it could be a walk outside, get some sun, you know, it could be any of that, right? Just get, get your body acclimated to a situation in which um, you're setting yourself up for the rest of your day, right? And, you know, this, this ended up culminated into, you know, and it's not like this every day, but there was times where my workouts would get extremely hard because I was just following the philosophy that if nothing is harder than my workout, then, and I'm getting that done at, you know, six in the morning, the rest of the day is going to be extremely easy. Right. So that, that's, you know, kind of where you want to lead, where um, you want to set yourself up for the rest of the day and, 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 you know, be as optimal as you can. So as we go to present time, right? Now you've got your habits in place. Uh, your company's doing well, starting to expand, starting to position for exit, right? As you think of that extra profitability today, right? Obviously you're spending a lot of that time, right? Which is one of our important, most important commodities or resources, right? That you've, you've uh, it sounds like that's the key factor that you are uh, maximizing for. Beyond that, as you start to look at time and money, right? Like, uh, how are you thinking about investing and, you know, where you put that time and money uh, based on your strategic framework now? Yeah. And, you know, I guess the one word answer for that would be a line, right? It's, it's you know, you and I in, in a conversation before, you know, this podcast spoke about what I would do differently today that or what would I do differently today that I didn't do before. And, you know, I said, you know, having a North Star and, and, and having some sort of plan in mind with regards to what direction you're going in. And the same could be applied with regards to, you know, where 
for your listeners' uh, careers are professionally that, you know, you've reached a certain point where, you know, what's the most efficient thing I can do now? And what I mean by that is aligning what your North Star is and figuring out whether or not there's a progression that is a logical next step to what you've already built, right? So here's kind of the easy example that many get, right? And, you know, when you first start your, in my case, career as a business developer, you're, you're in essence, you're looking to get business from anyone, right? It didn't matter. You didn't have any kind of criteria, but if you're doing business, then, you know, let me do it for you. And, you know, if you program it right, you ascend up the ladder where you can get to a point where you can begin to surround yourself with like-minded guys and make that criteria. You can start establishing criteria about the type of people you deal with, whether or not you like them, whether or not their philosophies match with yours, whether or not their philosophies and moral compass matches with your company. And that's the type of, that's what I mean by aligning. And this is just one example. You can align in other areas as well, right? In terms of what, what is, what's the thing that I can learn or what's the thing that I can bring to the table that helps not just myself personally, but helps the group as a whole move in the right direction, right? So, you know, when, when you're part of title insurance, and I'm going to guess if you're in the hard money space, you have an idea of what title insurance is, that it's, it's you know, a very, you know, small piece of the real estate transaction. And when you're building a title company, you don't think of it that way. You just think of it as how, how, how do we get as much, you know, title business as we humanly can. But when you get the chance to kind of take a step back, it is now, you know, how you get involved in real estate in a way that, can now correlate to either moving up the fee pole uh, or ladder and still being able to you know, get title work because it's something that you already have established and set up. So just in my kind of core immediate network business partners, you know, there's we, we've had, you know, we, we obviously have attorneys that um, help us in our space, but you know, some of our attorneys that are very close friends have you know, become developers. Um, so it's about vertically integrating, right? So that's another version of a line, right? What are the things that we can bring to the table? You know, I have a business partner that's astute at finding deals, right? So if you find a deal, you kind of are bringing the, you know, the golden pot to either the clients that you have existing in the title insurance world where your owner and developer is always looking for that. Now I'm trying to progress in an area where if I can help raise equity, that that's impactful to my client's base. And that's that's kind of climbing up the ladder from the fee uh, perspective, but in all those scenarios, it all trickles back down to the title insurance company where um, you can capture different you know, areas by just building up in the right way. So obviously every real estate transaction needs an attorney. You know, if you bring in a deal, you have kind of the you know, deal fee on that. If you bring in the equity, you have an equity fee on that. And you know, you kind of cover more than one. It doesn't mean you're hitting them all, but you're putting yourself in a position where you can hit on more than one. And, you know, in our case, you know, at the very least, you know, we're getting a piece of the title, right? So it's having that mentality. And, you know, in, in one of the things that I didn't think of when even charting this out is the people that you're meeting and the discussions that you're in that now you're sitting in discussions where you're talking about deals and now you're sitting in discussions with guys who have deals who need help, not just from the equity side, you know, these are friends and family where it's like, you know, why don't you invest in the deal? So now we're looking at deals from the perspective of, you know, LP investments, so on and so forth. Maybe we're getting involved with them. 
Um, we see deals from the title side that don't get to the finish line, right? So is that a, a potential opportunity where um, we could take it to, you know, that said lawyer that became a developer or one of our developer owner clients that would like that deal and, you know, partner up on it and you, you move it forward. So it kind of opens, you know, a whole you know, new world just from that simple process of aligning in terms of figuring out what your North Star is and trying to connect the, dot, the dots backwards where you progress and where what is at the what's at the foundation, which is in my case, title companies still exist and runs. So, if you were to distill it down, what's the one most exciting thing you're working on today in your mind? What gets you excited in the morning to be like, I am excited to tackle this? You know, it, it it's what I had mentioned a couple of times about what we do, which is meeting people and finding deals, right? I mean, how, how it's, it's the hunter mentality, right? It's from the deal side, but, you know, it, it really is meeting people, right? And, you know, the, the kind of overused metaphor here, which is applicable here is, you know, your, your, your network, your, your net worth is your, you know, your network and you never know who you're going to meet. You never know how it's going to be impactful, not just professionally, but potentially personally as well. So, you know, that that's what we're in the business of doing. And I actually enjoy that, especially when you, uh, come out of a time where we were all locked down and, you know, everybody was nervous about, you know, coming within six feet of a, of a human um, that you realize how much, you know, human connectivity and connection is needed uh, for us to, you know, function properly. So um, I'm happy that, you know, that I get the chance to actually do that in a way uh, for a living. So that that's really what, you know, kind of gets me up. That's awesome. And Dorian, for folks who want to connect back with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me at cornerstonelandabstract.com. I also have a personal website, dorianlam.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on most social media. Um, And I I, I do have a white paper that's coming out. Um, If it hasn't come out already in the next few days, so I'll make sure to share that with you and you can share that with your, your network. Awesome, Dorian. Appreciate the time and the insights today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me again, Liam. Thank you for joining us today on The Prosperity Perspective. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please head over to theprosperityperspective.com, where you can hear from other successful business owners on their approach to investments. On our website, you'll be able to learn more about how DML Capital currently helps other business owners, like yourself, diversify their investments and grow their wealth. Take our short quiz to see if you're ready to take the next steps toward your financial success. 